What's going on, everybody? Kyle Brotherson here. This is the Dirt Bike Channel podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about my TM EN 300 ES FI 2T. <laughs> oh, that never gets old. I don't know. So it's the TM Racing. Most people just know it as the uh, EN 300. It's a two-stroke. It's a fuel-injected two-stroke. But TM has decided that we're going to use every consonant, well, every letter in the alphabet. TM is, you know, TM Racing. EN, I think, stands for Enduro. 300 is the CC. ES, I imagine, is because it's got electric start. FI is because it's fuel-injected. And 2T is because it's a two-stroke. But I'm like, do we need to have everything denoted in in the name do we have to describe every aspect of the bike in the name i don't think so i really don't but tm racing thinks that we do this is an italian made bike um i'm excited to have it i bought it months ago and i first only i only first started riding it here a little bit ago uh we've had we had an incredible winter um record record snowfall here in utah i mean let me give you an example like the previous record for snowfall for like Alta Ski Resort, which is one of the main ski resorts here in Utah, was like 700 and maybe 50, 760 inches of snow uh, throughout the season. We had uh, over 900 inches of snow. So <clears throat> it was a crazy year. And then because of that, we're several, we're probably six, eight weeks behind our kind of riding schedule. Um, and then I was moving, uh, buying, a, I bought a house and a shop and things uh, here. Uh, in the last little bit. And so I've been really, really, really busy doing that. Um, and it's hard. It's hard getting all that stuff kind of done as a business owner and as, and as a single dad and trying to balance all those things. So it's been, it, it's been tip. It's been difficult as far as like getting content out and doing the writing actually. Uh, and, uh, but now I'm, I think we're on the other side of that and going to be able to get a lot more um, writing content and writing footage and things done this as we get into this summer here. Coming back to the TM though, these bikes, people have been asking me to do reviews on or a review on a TM bike for many, many years. And I had never even seen one in real life, like never seen one in over 12 years of doing this. The first TM that I ever saw was the one that I bought. And so that, that was kind of crazy. Um, there, and there's not many of them that come into the U.S., maybe only 500 or so, 500 of these bikes. I Don't quote me on this, but I think it's somewhere around a few hundred, maybe 500 of these bikes come into the U.S. every year, spread across the entire model range. Um, yeah, and I'd never even seen one before getting mine, so it was great uh, to, to actually have one in-house. These are hand-built motorcycles. Um, it's almost like they're custom. It's almost like it's all it's some of the some of the users or people that are, that own them have kind of said it's almost like a, a kit bike or something. Um, but yeah, I feel like I feel like it's it's an amazing bike. I'm so glad to have it. You can tell it's hand built and it's a, it's just a little bit different um, than some of these mainstream mass produced bikes. When you start really looking at it and you get close in on stuff, they're making most of the components on the bike. Obviously, they're not making the brakes uh, and not making like, you know, clutch levers, brake levers, that type of thing. They're not making the front suspension. That's KYB suspension, but they are making a proprietary shock. And so, so many of the parts on these bikes, as far as the frames and the motors and all of these things are built in-house by TM. Um, it wasn't it, it wasn't like a super cheap. It was a pretty expensive bike. I'd have to go back and look at the check that I wrote, but it's a it's a hefty, hefty check. It's at least as much as the KTMs. I'm paying a little bit more usually for the Shercos than I am even the KTMs, and I'm paying. It was expensive. So if you think it's cheaper than the KTM, it's not. 
And from my experience, the Shurkos are not cheaper than KTMs either. People say, well, KTMs are the most expensive. Uh, they're not really. They're just there. Yamahas and Hondas are cheaper than KTMs, but any of these European bikes are dang expensive. TM, Shurko, uh, KTM, Gas Gas, Husky. Husky being the most expensive one um, as far as in, in that line. But yeah, the TM was expensive. Um, but it does come with some cool, pretty cool parts on it, which we will uh, talk about. And I will also tell you what bike I think this most most likely resembles or what it what it feels most like at the end of the podcast so stay tuned for that hey and uh sponsor for this podcast is me kyle (laughs) i don't have a sponsor for this podcast at this moment Uh, but you can support dirt bike channel this podcast the youtube channel and everything that we're doing uh really easily by going over to my website dirtbikechannel.com right now Uh, you can buy any of the gear over there um uh, this will be a sweepstakes bike for june this shirko as well as a ktm 300 xcw uh, but one of the things I wanted to call out is probably the best and easiest way, one of the best ways for you to support Dirt Bike Channel is by using my links to Rocky Mountain ATV. Rocky Mountain ATV stocks more stuff than basically anybody else in the nation, uh, tires and gear and tools and all of the things that we need to keep our bikes going and keep this hobby going. And if you go to my website, dirtbikechannel.com, I have a shop, Rocky Mountain ATV. Uh, link right there on dirtbikechannel.com. It's up at the top. And that puts a tracking cookie in your browser, whether you're on mobile or on your desktop. Uh, And once you click that link, then anything that they sell at Rocky Mountain ATV gives me credit. So I do have some lists of things over there of things that I've used throughout the years. You don't have to buy that stuff. You just click on my link. It's also on my email signatures. But if you click on those links, uh, then anything you can buy anything they sell at Rocky Mountain ATV. It doesn't look any different for you. You just click the link and then you, you know, order your stuff, sign in uh, and, and pay. And it gives me a little bit of a kickback. And when we're doing a sweepstakes here in June, that also gives you free entries into the sweepstakes. So you can buy your gear through Rocky Mountain ATV and still get sweepstakes to win these bikes. So it's a pretty cool thing. So stay tuned for that. Um, so let's, let's kind of just dive in and talk about uh, some of the things that I've noticed about the bike. Um, it weighed in at 245 pounds full of fuel on my scale. So if you go to dirtbikechannel.com, you can see I give a, a weight comparison for most of the bikes that I buy. Every once in a while, I'll forget and not weigh the bike before I start installing parts on there or taking parts off of them. Uh, one second here. Got to wet the whistle. Uh, but this bike came in at 245 pounds. So if you go to my website, it's under resources currently. Uh, as the main menu, main menu item, and then <clears throat> dirt bike comparison. So 245 pounds on that bike full of fuel. Uh, it's 10 pounds lighter than the YZ450FX I, I most recently uh, weighed on there. And it came with a radiator fan installed, and it came with a skid plate. Uh, the skid plate did not cover the linkage, but I mean, oh, and it also has electric start, which we know, and a kick start. Has some really, really lightweight handguards too, um, I think the dealer put those on. I'm not sure if they come fact because it's not, they're not like made by TM racing. Um, but it does have those things. So kickstart, electric start, a skid plate, a radiator fan, and then full of fuel. It was 245 pounds. I don't, I think that's pretty good. That's six pounds heavier than my 23 KTM 300 XC. Uh, but the 300 XC didn't have a radiator fan. Um, and doesn't have a skid plate. I don't believe maybe they have the little skid plate on the 300 XCs now. Like the little, it's a real, it would be a real comparable skid plate if it does. But I mean, point is for a bike that isn't mass produced, that is basically made in-house custom bike made in-house, I think six pounds over what the KTM is, is actually pretty dang close. And I was pretty excited about that because if you took the radiator fan off, it would be 
within three and a half or four pounds, you know, so that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, oh, and it's it's, it's basically identical in weight to my 2022 gas, gas EC 300. So, you know, awesome on that. Uh, interesting things about the bike. And this is one of the weird things that I was trying to figure out with the dealer. He was, he was giving me a rundown of it. Um, the power valve. So it's an electronic power valve and it's a little bit weird because it tries to like reset its range function every time the power goes off the bike. So if you, if when you start the bike up and it's warming up, it does a little calibration of the uh, power valve opens all the way up and then closes back down or something like that. And it does it every time, every time the bike starts. So every time the power is essentially killed to the bike, the ECU says, Oh, we have to restart everything. And it does its little calibration motion uh, and so this could be a problem if you stall the bike on a hill climb or stall the bike in a really hard enduro situation and then just boom, then you hit the bike again and you try to go immediately. The bike's not going to have any bottom end because the power valve is going to be all the way open. <laughs> uh, I don't know why. And, and it's funny because the dealer was like, we have been asking them to fix this ever since we started selling these things for the last few years. Um, but TM hasn't fixed it yet. So what my dealer did, and there's some other people that have had some solutions uh, for this. What my dealer did is he installed an arming switch, which is essentially you can turn the bike on, hit that arming switch that he kind of installed on the front of the frame, um, and it makes it so the bike doesn't know it ever turns off. So it would then run your battery dead if you left that arming switch on. But you could uh, you know, start the bike, turn, flip the arming switch on, and then ride the rest of the day. And even if you killed the bike multiple times and had to restart it and go again real quick, the bike wouldn't know. The ECU would not know that it actually shut off, and so it doesn't go into that resetting of the, of the power valve process. That's as much as I know about it. I thought it was a pretty cool thing that my dealer uh, put on the bike. Um, and yeah, that's something that you may want to look into if you get one of these TMs. I do believe there's some other people that have maybe some solutions for this because I had a couple people email me about it uh, when I first got the bike a couple months ago. Um, yeah. So right off the bat on the bike and to be completely fair, <clears throat> I've only ridden the bike one time thus far. I went out and rode it for a couple of hours. Uh, I tried to ride it again yesterday, but I got struck out on riding location. So I've ridden the bike one time in some, uh, rockier terrain, a little bit of rocky terrain, a little bit of fast terrain. So I had a little mix of everything. And I'll tell you right now that the forks are a little bit too stiff for me. I'm now weighing 180 pounds without clothes on. I've gained about 20 pounds of weight over the last year, year and a half by doing some strength training. Uh, and so I was able to get my, I was still able to get my sag right in the right spot with my riding gear on and everything. But I do feel like it's a little stiff for hard enduro. This bike does seem like it's more of a single track enduro style bike in the geometry but the front forks, these KYB forks, they're too stiff. I was bouncing all over the place and I had already installed tubeless. So I was running only seven PSI in the front tire and I'm still bouncing all over. So after a few minutes of doing that, I used my little race tech clicker tool um, and tried to adjust all the compression out of my forks. Um, it's annoying because the you know, your bars are going to be right over the clickers and it's hard. You can't even get a screwdriver in there. So I was sitting there messing around with this. Um, and just trying to take all the clicks of compression out of there. And it was a little, it was a little better after I did that. But I mean, for the rocky terrain that I was on is just too stiff. You know, I was bouncing all over the place. The rear end was a little bit stiff. The front end was stiff. Um, uh, and I'm just sitting there. Why do all these bike manufacturers make the suspension too stiff on most of the bikes? I find the suspension is too stiff for the type of riding that I'm doing. Now, if you're out there in fourth gear, fifth gear or whatever, 
uh, or you're actually a motocross rider that who's blasting, maybe they're not too stiff, but this is not a motocross bike. This is a hard enduro bike from what I can tell. The way it feels and the way that they have the geometry of this bike and the, the way that the motor is set up, this is not like a super go fast bike. This is a like technical, nasty, harder enduro type bike, but the fork doesn't resemble that. And I'm just like, I don't get it. I don't get why that is. Um, other things, the bike seems to be pretty front end biased. What do I mean by that? I mean, I'm not saying it's like really um, out of balance, but I would say that it just, fe- there's more emphasis on that front wheel. It's got more of a stink bug feeling where the rear end is high. This is kind of what we had on like the 2019 KTM XCWs, 2019, 2018, those XCWs. Uh, it felt, it feels a lot like that. Maybe not quite as bad, but you can tell like it's, it's, uh, there's a lot of front end traction. And I do feel like this bike probably has a tendency to knife that front wheel a little bit more than some of the other bikes, because so much of the emphasis is put onto that front wheel and less on the rear wheel, you know? So you got your front end super tight and nimble, and it feels like it is nimble, you know, more of a single track, go slower, hard enduro or soft enduro bike. It feels more like that than like a flat out desert machine that is super, super stable at speed. I'm not saying it's not stable at speed, but in its current configuration where it came the way it is with the the forks and the triple clamps and everything just feels like you're kind of close to that front wheel. Um, and you're, you're biased over the front of that, which I think uh, a lot of guys will really like for like mountain single track and, and technical terrain. I think that is probably a really great thing. Um, as long as we could get our forks. So they're a little bit more compliant. So they're getting out of the way and it's not just adding so much shock up into your hands. Um, as far as the, um, I'm going to just make one note here cause I thought of something. Uh, that I'll get to in just a minute when I talk about the motor. Um, first, I want to talk about the foot pegs just real quick. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, uh, other things, as far as like it being a single track enduro machine, it feels shorter when you're, especially when you're riding it, it feels shorter, feels shorter front to back than a lot of the other bikes that I've had recently, specifically like the YZ450 FX and the KTM 250XC that I've ridden just a touch here and there. Uh, this bike des- definitely feels shorter front to back. You can't tell it when you when you're looking at them in the trailer or in the shop, but man, you can tell it. You can, it just I feel like that when I'm riding it. I feel like I'm riding a shorter bike, which is again really really good for mountain single track and, and technical terrain. Uh, foot pegs, foot pegs on this bike, uh, they come out flat. They do not basically have any upward camber to the pegs. Um, some guys like it. Some guys don't. For me, it feels like it's easier to get my feet to slip off the pegs. I had my feet come off the pegs once or twice when I kind of got bounced around a little bit. I prefer an upward camber to foot pegs. Uh, you may be able to get some aftermarket foot pegs, maybe fast way, make something for it. I'm not sure I had to do that on the Sherco. Um, the motor, the motor is crazy powerful. Um, it's a, a fuel injected motor. It's essentially like a TBI type motor where it's in f- fuel injected through the throttle body. It's oil injected. Um, so you're not mixing gas. You can put your pump gas right into the bike, uh, right into the fuel tank, uh, but then it's oil injected. So all the people out there that have hated, been hating the TPI bikes from uh, KTM, this is kind of like a hybrid. And I think, I think this is what KTM is going to be going to, which is, a, which is a bike that will have an oil injector Um, so you won't be mixing the fuel, but it's going through the throttle body. So I think that's what KTM is going to in 2024. Don't quote me on that. We'll find out really soon, but 
but that's what TM has. And so if you're one of those haters, most of the people that hated the T that didn't like the TPI didn't like the TPI because it had an oil pump. So newsflash, you're going to, you're not going to like the TM because it has an oil pump. And that is a possible failure point. I know some of those oil pumps have failed in the past. I've never had one fail and I've never within my circle of riding buddies, we've never had an oil pump fail, but it is a possible failure point there. Um, it's very snappy. It's easy to lift a front wheel off the ground. It's got a ton of power, lots of grunt. I love the way it sounds. It sounds guttural. It sounds different than like a KTM or a Yamaha. Um, it, it has a really nice sound to it and it starts very quick. It starts very quick and it's very like uh, lively to just like, boom, hit the starter and it's, it's starting uh, really quick. Uh, I need to adjust my idle up a little bit um, because it idles a little bit too low. Um, haven't gotten to that yet, but I'll do that probably on my next ride. Uh, some people have asked about the vibration. Like, is it counterbalanced? Well, they may say it's counterbalanced, but it vibrates significantly more than a KTM or a gas gas or a Husky. In fact, nobody has figured out the um, counterbalancing thing anywhere near as good as what KTM has. Beta's bike vibrates more. Sherco's bike vibrates more. TM's bike vibrates more. You know, obviously the Yamaha vibrates. It, they didn't ever claim that they counterbalanced their YZ250, but all of the other companies have claimed a counterbalancing uh, feature at some point after KTM did that to theirs in 20, on the 2017 model year. Everybody's had so many years to get this right, and nobody has come close to getting their bike to be as smooth and vibrationless as KTM. And this TM is no different. It feels kind of like an older 2015, 2016 KTM motor. As far as the vibrations feels a lot like a Sherco and a beta. So it's not a reason not to buy it. Uh, but just know that if you, you know, if you think, Oh, it's going to be super smooth, it's not going to be as smooth as the KTM Husky gas gas motors. So as far as just the vibration goes, uh, but it's still an amazing motor. It's, it's absolutely incredible. You got to ride one to feel it. Tons of power there, lots of low-end grunt on the bike that I've got, and I really, really like the motor. It's, it's definitely a bright spot, but don't think it's going to be like vibrationless or electric feeling uh, like the KTM line. <clears throat> uh, they've got Brembo brakes on these bikes, uh, front and rear, which is great. I love to see that. It's also a Brembo clutch, um, but interestingly, it was the second bike in a row that I've had that had a Brembo brake where there was a little bit of air in the lines, which is weird. I've had so many of these bikes and the brakes are always like dynamite from the factory. But I had on my 300 XCW that I've been messing with a little bit. It's brake was super mushy and obviously it's a Brembo brake. There's, there was air in the line. Uh, this Sherco, same thing. So it, I was just pulling my lever basically all the way back to my finger. I didn't notice it until the night before I went out to ride it. And I, at that point I didn't want to like bleed it then. Um, but it wasn't great out on the trail. And so I've since I came home, washed the bike, and then I bled the air as good as I could out of the, uh, out of that brake line to make it better for my next ride. So that's, that's a really good thing. Um, let's talk about plastics for just a little while. Um, I don't love white on bikes. I'm just going to be honest with you. I love the blue. It's kind of like a sky blue that the bike is. It's got a blue seat. Um, really, really good looking bike despite the fact that it's white. And I think, I think I'm just being easy on it because I, it's one of the reasons why I don't buy typically the Husky bikes is because it's mostly the same as a KTM and a gas gas and it's mostly white and I don't love white. Um, I just don't. Uh, so that's something that I don't love about the bike just because there's so much white on it, but it's unique and it's got, and I love the kind of sky baby blue on the, on the front fender and the seat 
um, and even the fort guards, but the rest of the bike is very white. And I could use a little bit of extra color on there. One of my favorite parts about the bike is the blue anodized Excel wheels. They're the Tadasco or whatever they're called or Takasago, I guess it is, uh, wheels, uh, Excel wheels. And those look really, really sharp. Um, super, super sharp. It would have been cool if they would have done, if they would have done the blue hubs. They didn't. Uh, and then it's got the Cyclops looking headlight. I, it's just, it's ugly. The headlight, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you're a TM fanboy, uh, but that headlight, I don't know how bright it is because I haven't ridden it at night yet, obviously, uh, but the headlight is ugly. So I would probably be swapping the headlight out for something else um, and or just putting a number plate on there if I'm not riding at night because it just looks kind of weird on the bike. Um, yeah, there's a trip computer. It's, it's showing me uh, foot. It's showing me my... It's in kilometers. I got to figure out how to change it over to miles because I'm looking down. And I'm like, oh, I'm doing 100 miles an hour. No, I'm doing 100 kilometers an hour. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's kind of the looks of the bike. But the plastics are a little sharp in places, like specifically on the rear fender. You know, sometimes you'll grab the rear fender to take it on and off stands and whatever. I've nearly cut myself. In fact, I think I do have a little bit of cut of a cut on my pinky finger from lifting it off the stand the last time I did it. The plastic, so the plastic is kind of sharp in some places. So I, I probably need to take a little bit of uh, sandpaper in a couple spots and just kind of take some of the sharp bits off, which is kind of weird. It doesn't happen with basically any other bike I've had. And it does seem like the plastic is a little bit more brittle. I haven't dumped it yet, um, but it does seem more brittle than some of the bikes I've had so far. I put some TM, I put a TM racing skid plate on the bike to cover the linkage. And I also put a TM racing uh, radiator braces on the radiators, which is cool because it has the, the AXP radiator braces have this kind of strap that goes back behind the radiators to kind of give it some stability there, uh, which is cool. The dealer, it comes basically able to go street legal. So it had mirrors and a horn and signal lights and a taillight holder. The dealer took all that stuff off for me. So if you weighed your bike with the signal light stuff on it and the, and the taillight uh, with the signal light, I mean the, 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 what do you call it? I can't even think of it. License plate holder. If you weighed your bike, it would be heavy, you know, with the horn too. So it's got the switch up on the handlebars has like, it's got a switch for a horn and it's got a switch for high beam, low beam and the switch for, uh, like signal lights. So yeah, it, it's kind of like the same switch that it's, I think it looks like it's the same componentry that I had on the beta, uh, the last couple of betas that I've had. So yeah, uh, the plastics aren't quite done as nice. My TM, my, some of the plastics on my fender, not my fender, my, uh, up on the radiator shrouds started to come off even in the first ride. So before I'd even washed it, some of that stuff was starting to peel up, which isn't great. You know, I would like that to last a little bit longer, um, than, than that. Uh, as far as like the rider cockpit, uh, my hands and feet feel pretty darn close together. Uh, and the triple clamps that I, so, and I'm six feet tall. I mean, I feel like it'd be better if I was five ten, as far as the rider cockpit or five nine. Uh, so if you, and, and my triple clamps don't allow for me to move the bar, the handlebars at all. Other, I mean, you could rotate them forward and back obviously, but it doesn't give me the, the, the ability. There's no extra holes. There's no mount that you can turn around to kind of shift them forward a little bit. And I don't know, like I may have to look for some type of a solution where I can raise the bars just slightly or move them forward slightly because um, I don't feel, I just feel a little bit cramped uh, when I'm riding it. Um, 
so yeah, that's kind of a, those are some of the main thoughts that I had. Uh, as far as what I, I teased it at the beginning here, as I was kind of going through, what does it feel like? Uh, what bike does it most um, likely feel like and resemble? Well, that would be a Sherco 300 SE. Uh, it feels so much like a Sherco. It's kind of crazy. There, I said it. It's not a KTM. It's not a Beta. Uh, it's not a Yamaha. It feels like a Sherco, you know? And so if you felt, if you've ridden a Sherco and you like a Sherco, um, then you'll probably really, really like this. If you've ridden a Sherco and you didn't love it, I, I you probably won't super love this because it is very similar, very, very similar. I like it. I like it. And I'm going to continue to ride it uh, here through the month of May and June and uh, get uh, some more time on the bike before I give it away as a sweepstakes bike. But yeah, that's what you're looking at. You are looking at a very, very cool bike, and uh, it's going to feel really similar to that uh, French-made bike, uh, the Shirkos. So pretty cool bike. I'm so glad that I have it. I'm so glad that I finally have one. Um, and I love this. I love this gig. It's really fun to kind of do this. If you have any questions about these bikes, you can always send me an email. It's Kyle at dirtbikechannel.com. Um, and again, please use the links to Rocky Mountain ATV when you're buying parts for your bike, when you're buying tires for your bike. Uh, go to dirtbikechannel.com and then click on Shop Rocky Mountain ATV and then just go shop like normal and uh, won't cost you a dime. Uh, and I will make a little bit of a kickback. You know, it's pennies on the dollar, but every penny helps. And so I really like that because it doesn't cost you anything and it helps to support what we're doing here. So. Uh, that's what I have for you today. Make sure that you stay tuned for uh, the sweepstakes, which will be happening in June. That will include this TM300 EN. Let me do it. TM EN300 ESFI2T. <laughs> I have to look at it every time uh, to get to get it all right. I will be able to spit that out by the end of the time that I have this bike, but super fun. So anyway, uh, more to come on the bike. Watch the YouTube videos. Uh, I will have some more stuff on this bike. And as I learn some things about it, I will try to bring that to you here, either on the podcast or on the YouTube videos. Um, appreciate everything you guys are doing and everything, every time that uh, you've supported it's, it helps a ton. Whether you've bought something from me off my website, use the links to Rocky Mountain TV, support it on PayPal or Patreon. That all really, really helps. So thanks so much, everybody. Hope everyone has a good weekend slash good week and leave a single track.